0: Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Holidays are great. Amen? And uh, Debs and I and the kids have, uh, on Monday, just gone, have just returned from Christchurch for a week away. And I forgot my razor, so I didn't shave. And so I thought, let's just leave it and see how it goes. But I'd love to tell you a story about a holiday that we had in January. It wasn't a long holiday, but we went to Cook's Beach. Does anyone know where Cook's Beach is? Anyone been to Cook's Beach? Hands up. It's on the, I was going to say Whangaparoa Peninsula. It's not there. Uh, You guys know that. Um, It's on on the Coromandel Peninsula. And Anyway, we're at Cook's Beach, and Cook's Beach is great. And lovely beach was there with my friend Brian. Brian and Mere. They're good friends of ours and they have uh, we, we have kids kind of similar ages. But while me and Deb stopped at two, they went on and had four. And they're not even Catholic. It's awesome. Like, good on them, eh? Like two was enough for us. We were like, yep, cool, done. And we're gone. The next the, these guys just kept going and we're on holiday with them. And when I used to, when we used to have no kids, like when we were just us, me and Debs, the good, the golden years, we call them. Um, we, they're upstairs, that so doesn't matter. Um, we had, going to the beach was easy. It was like slip, slop, slap and wrap, bam, we're at the beach. Whereas taking kids to the beach is a whole nother game. It's like organizing the next Olympic games. It is, it is full on. You need like three cars to get there and the kid doesn't have a license yet so they can't drive one of them and you've got to go back and forth. You know what I'm talking about. We got to the beach. Anyway, we're at Cook's Beach. Whoo! We get there. Debs and Mitty they're sitting on the, on the mat and the boys, the dads, we've got the kids in swimming. Now, the, the Debs and Mitty deserve a break because they've just been, for the last three hours, trying to get everyone to the beach. And so they're sitting there relaxing. We're at the beach. My friend, Brian. Great guy looks at me. You know, you ever have a friend who like does like Ironmans and Coast to Coast and things like that? And you're like the lame, lazy brother in Christ. And I, he looks at me with this weird look in his eye. He goes, how strong a swimmer are you? I'm like, oh, where is this going? My brain's going, something's not right here. Something is not right. And, I, yeah, and I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, oh, dude, there's these cool secret caves out on Cook's Beach. Does anyone know about the Cook's Beach secret caves? One, two, yes. Awesome. It's not that secret anymore. But he goes, goes, if we swim out there far enough, more than we can stand up in the water, um, there's these caves, and you have to be a good swimmer because you can't stand up to catch your breath. I just wanted to check. I'm like, yeah, cool. Thanks for checking. Thanks for making me feel lame. Coast-to-coast coast guy. I've done the coast-to-coast coast in a plane. <laughs> and it was very enjoyable. I'm going to keep doing it that way. Anyway, we uh, we decide to, because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm a good swimmer. Yeah, I've got this. Hoping that's not too far. Anyway, we start swimming out to this this cave. Uh, the kids are not still in the water, by by the way, just health and safety conscious. They are on the beach making... Um, sand castles and stuff. So we are swimming out, the boys going out to this cave. We get to this cave and I'm like <laughs> and then you're like, seawater comes in your mouth, you're like spitting it out, I'm thirsty, I'm a little bit tired, but we get to this cave and I look look to my left and I'm just like flabbergasted. Is that a word? Yeah. And it's this massive like cathedral shaped cave in the rocks there, you guys will know, Taylors, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm taken aback because you go into the cave, the water goes into the cave, and through the cave, there's like a hole in the roof of the cave, and the sun is like beaming down through this. it's idyllic, it's amazing, and I'm like, that's really awesome, (laughs) totally worth the swim. You know when you're like, the sunbeams come in, you know when you were little and you saw a sunbeam come through a cloud, and you're like, are you coming back, Jesus? You're like listening for trumpets? and there's crickets, and yeah, he hasn't come back yet. Anyway, in that moment, I was like, man, this is amazing. It's worth the swim. But my friend Brian, he swims into the cave and kind of disappears around a corner. I'm like, what are you doing? So I kind of try and follow him in. Next thing, he pops up. At the top of the cave, there's this little ledge right by the where the, the top is. And he's like, he's about to jump in. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, get around the back. There's a rope. You can climb up the cliff face, the clay, cave cliff, the, yeah, you know what I mean. Anyway, I, I swim around there, can't stand up, grab the rope, and it's straight up. I'm like, I'm never gonna be able to make it up there. I grab the rope, and I'm like, doing this weird kind of dance, trying to get my feet up there. It's a little bit slippery, it's really rocky and sore, so I'm like scraping my knee on something on the way up, but I made it up, it was awesome. And I'm, thank you, oh, thank you. You clap because you know that you can see what kind of physical condition I'm in. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, get, I get to the top, and, and Brian's there, and I'm like, sweet, and he goes, it's easy as you, just do this, and he takes a few running steps and leaps off, and we're at the top of the cliff. I'm like, he's going to hit his head on the other side, but no, and then he's, as he gets down, he just goes into the perfect manu. You know the manu position? For push, and it's the like an amazing, perfect dive, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's lovely, that's lovely. Then I realize I'm left alone at the top <laughs> with my fear. And I don't know, I looked over the edge of the cliff. Have you ever, you know, you look over the edge of something, some people don't have this, but you look over the edge of something and your legs just go, and you, your whole body starts going, it's like a physical reaction to something you see. And I'm there going, oh, then I look down the way I've come. It's no better. I'm like falling down rocks and, you know, scraping myself. So I have to do something. I have to jump forward. It's my only real option. And Brian is down the bottom. He's happy as Larry. And he looks up at me and he says four He goes, you can do this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. And I jump full trip off. I was like, I wanted to run and jump, but my legs are like talking to my brain. They're going, no, you're not. No, And I fall, kind of half fall, half jump into the, into the, the, the sea below. And when I break the water after coming out of the water, I just, I just said the most amazing thing. I was like, It's awesome, right? Have you been in that situation? Hands up if you've been in a situation where you're scared as and you do something, and then the next moment it's elation. Cool. This is what we're going to be talking about today, is this idea of taking a leap of faith. Because it is. And we have them all the time in our lives, not just in caves, but in a metaphorical life sense. And I wonder this morning, I just feel a real word on my heart that there are some of you and you are facing the leap of your life. You're facing something. And you might feel the fear of being up there. But I think God's got something to say to us this morning and it's this, watch what I have for you at the other side of this. Cool? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your house. God, we thank you for your word to us through your Holy Spirit, the Bible, Lord, that it leads us and guides us. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us this morning through what I've prepared, but would it be a a message not from my mouth, but from your heart to us as your church. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Cool. We're going to jump into the word. Matthew chapter 14. You all ready? I'm going to read from an analog Bible. And Matthew chapter 14 is awesome. We're going to start from verse, chap, uh, sorry, verse 22, and it's Jesus walks on the water. Who's excited? Cool. Not, not that excited, eh? Maybe I can excite you. Here we go. Verse 22 says, immediately. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> sorry. I'm going to stop there. Immediately. Always want to know what happened before the immediately's or the therefore's in the Bible. So I think it's important we understand that this, this whole passage starts immediately after feeding the 5,000. All good? Yeah. Got there? If you're new to this whole Christian Bible game, just stay with me. I'll explain it a bit later. Here we go. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed the crowd, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Remember that. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Let's stop there for a sec. You'd be freaked out, eh? We read these things in the Bible and we go, oh yeah, sweet ass. But actually when we start to put our reality into the words on the page, we start to see the the Bible jump out at us. We really do. And we need to, we need to read the Bible like that because this isn't a story made up. This is an actual eyewitness account of what happened. You with me? Cool, let's carry on. Where were we? Ah, it's a ghost. (laughs) Verse 27, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. What an interesting question. He's already said who he is. He's already said it is I. Yet Peter asks again, how many times do we in our lives, I don't know about you, but maybe it's just me, go, yeah, I've been called to this. Like, God, really? Oh, re- really? Oh, you, you, if, you, if you tell me again, then I will, then I'll come. Is it really you? If it's really you, tell me to come and I'll come. Maybe we should have heard the first time but I love that Peter's in the Bible asking this question because it means it's okay to ask again. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus' simple reply is, come, come on. And Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, get this, had the wind just started? They've been against the wind all night, it says. it says in the text. Yet Peter, it's like he's heading towards Jesus, and then it says when he saw the wind, was he distracted? Did the surrounding circumstance take his focus off Jesus? Watch what happens when, this, when he does that. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, this is the third time we've heard the word immediately. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Wow, what a question. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are... You are the son of God. 34, when they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. Now, lots of times I've heard this preached, they don't read these verses because it's all about the boat. But actually, I think, I think what, what the message is this morning is not just about what happens in the boat. Watch what happens afterwards. When they land at Gennesaret and when the men of that place recognized Jesus because they'd seen him on Instagram, they sent word to all the surrounding country People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak because maybe they'd heard another story of a woman who touched a cloak. And all who touched it were healed. Amen. That last little bit, you can easily skim over that because of the drama of the walking on water. But here's what I think God kind of pressed on my heart this week. And it's this. There's a parallel to right now in these verses in Matthew 14. Number one, they had this amazing miracle of feeding the 5,000. Now, the Bible scholars reckon it could be anywhere between 12 and 20,000 people because the text even says uh, this was 5,000 men. So when we always say the feeding of the 5,000, we need to think bigger. Ever tried catering for 20,000 people? Ever tried catering for 100 people? It's a mammoth effort. Try 20,000, ferrying loaves and things around and getting all that. The, the, the disciples, I think, would have been exhausted. But they saw this amazing miracle. So, I felt, God, I was, I was actually parked outside Life Central at the time. I'd arrived there on Thursday morning for a meeting and I felt God go, this is the feeding 5,000 bit. As a church, we've seen this miracle of provision. We've seen this miracle of legacy, of being a church of 20,000, of having 20 million into community each year, of having, $20 million that is, of having no mortgage debt on our Auckland campuses. That is a miracle. It's like seeing the 5,000 happen and then we hear this word immediately. Immediately there's a storm. Immediately there's a worldwide pandemic. Immediately there's a war in in Ukraine. Immediately there's something and there's some things going on in the world that are just making no sense and it's tiresome. All week I've just felt like Today, we're going to sit here in this room, and I'm going to say something to you, and you're going to go, that's me. I just believe we're tired. We've been struggling against the wind all year. No one has ever been through a global pandemic before, and yet we're trying to pretend that we're good. We're sweet. Oh, life's good. Yeah, praise the Lord. It's going great. But actually, we're all tired. We've all been through this crazy, crazy storm. So, you with me still? Cool. We've got Legacy Miracle as a church. We've got a global pandemic and worldwide disruption and worldwide chaos. And then we step to the other side of the shore. And what happens there? People are healed. There are miracles and miracles. Not just a couple. All who were sick were healed. One, two, three. It's a sucker punch. It's a miracle. Storm, exhaustion into another miracle season. I believe that is 2023. I believe we're heading into it. We're seeing the beginnings of it. We're seeing the beginnings of it. And I just wonder if today you need to hear that so you don't give up. You need to hear that so you don't go, you know what, I've, I've, I'm done. And actually, God's saying to you simply, what have I got for you when you jump off and land in the water? You're going to come out and go, oh, this is incredible. He has joy for you. He has peace for you. He has purpose for your life. And maybe that's what you need to hear this morning. I think there's another couple of things to note here, is that while we're talking about a leap of faith, it's hard to have a leap of faith when you're tired. It's hard to have a leap of faith when you're not motivated, when you're struggling with that, that idea. And so I feel to, to leave you with three practical things this morning. How to leap when you're tired, how to leap when you don't feel like it, how to just take a step. I don't know, maybe some of you sitting here today, you're like, man, leap, that would be nice. I just uh, get a shuffle forward would be good. But be encouraged. He is with you. There are three things I want you to have today, and they're decisions to make. Number one, decide to get the word in. Activate God's Word in your life. Get the Bible in your heart. I don't know how you do it. It might be sitting down in the morning in a quiet time like my Bible. If you look at it, it's underlined. It's almost falling apart. It's a sister's Bible. I love that because I wasn't allowed to go to sister's, but I stole a Bible from it. And Actually, it's not the whole story. Deb's got the Bible, and I stole it off her. Thanks, baby. Um. It might be sitting down in the morning with his word. It might be getting up half an hour earlier. It might be getting the word in through your Bible app and your car on the way to work. It might be uh, simply having it written on the tablet of your heart like the word says. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. I love Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's right bang smack in the middle of the Bible and it's all about the Bible. And it says this, in Psalms 119, Verse 28, I, I read it this week. It was in my reading this week. And it jumped at me, it said this. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Do you need strength this morning? I believe you're going to find it in the pages of his word. Yeah. 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 Get it in your heart. Get, if, if you're new to this whole Christian thing, There is something about getting this word into your mind, to the forefront of your brain, that absolutely radically changes your life, changes your view on things, changes the decisions that you make, changes the love you feel for people that you thought you could never love. It's awesome. It's so good. But you need to make a decision to get it in your life. Can I say this? I'm going to say it a couple of times. Because if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. When we decide to get more of his word in our lives we will see faith rise and fear fall. Just write down this bit. Faith will rise and fear will fall on the power of his word. Number two, decide to rest. You don't have to live tired. Decide to get rest in your life. Whatever that looks like, it might be a Sabbath. Stepping into ministry, Debs and I have had to boundary time like never before and it's been frustrating because we want to help people we want to love people but actually we need time with our family and so saturday has become that we get up we have a slow start we have bacon and eggs and cranskis, even though they're not good for me and my cholesterol um, we have this we have this day where we are together to rest to worship and to be still The greatest revelation I've had in the last few years has probably been when it comes to rest is that it's my decision. I can be running around frantic and tired, but actually I can do something about it. You can too. We all can. Let's encourage one another. Jesus' words from Matthew eleven twenty eight say this. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Let's come to Jesus. Let's come to him for rest. Let's get the Word of God in our hearts. And number three, let's decide to pray. Let's decide to pray. Yeah. Yeah. Not just when you need something. Not just when we feel like we should. Maybe we're at church and that's when we pray or those kind of things. But man, one of the greatest apps I've had in the last little while, I mentioned it maybe last year, is an app called Pray First, if you're taking notes. Grab it down, pray first. It's got this amazing part in it where it dissects the Lord's prayer, but it's guided. So you listen to it with your headphones on and it's like this lovely music. And it talks you through the prayer and prompts you to pray for people, prompts you to pray for yourself, prompts you to pray to your Father in heaven. It's awesome. Prayer, praying, getting into the Word. Um, A couple of things I think are really great here is that Peter... Not only did he then ask a question again, Lord call me out onto the water, and then he calls him out onto the water, and he he gets out of the boat and he walks towards Jesus and he's still he's thinking he's doing round and he falls down. And what's his what's his response? Lord save me. You're gonna get back in the boat. Lord save me is a prayer, it's talking to God. And in that moment, I think we get a catch, a catch a glimpse, a glimpse of God's heart to us. We might think, man, I've taken my eyes off Jesus. I've failed. I've stuffed up again and again and again. Surely Jesus is standing on the water going, oh man. But no, immediately. God reaches out his hand, pulls him up. And he would do it again and again and again for every one of us. Let's pray. Let's come to him. Even when our eyes are directed off Him to the wind and the COVID and the, and the wars and the economic crisis and the interest rates. Pfft, let's go. Back to Jesus. No. Back to Jesus. No wind. Back to Jesus. You've always been there, trouble. I'm going back to Jesus. And that comes from a heart relationship with Him of prayer. It's not a religious thing. It's a, Jesus, man, I love hanging out with you. You are my access to my Father in heaven. Romans twelve twelve says this. It's easy to remember because it's 12, 12. It's the same number twice. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, in the storm. A call for patience. And the last little bit unlocks the whole lot. Faithful in prayer. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at LIFE. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the LIFE app to stay connected and find out more.